Hey, what's up, friends? It's your boy, Nate. Welcome back to Let's Get Real Podcast. We actually recorded this episode last year, December 23rd, I believe, and this episode is coming out way late. My apologies. The Rona has been tearing through uh, just kind of my world, and so just want to say I, I apologize for getting this episode out late and what we uh, post episodes here as we go into the rest of 2021. We hope your year was well. We appreciate you. We love y'all. We'll see y'all soon. This week, we kind of talk about an extended conversation of celebrity and kind of horror and echo chambers. And Taylor offers a lot of great perspectives. So go ahead and check him out. Taylor Murray MV on Instagram. And also he has a new podcast coming out. So go check that out. Appreciate y'all. We'll see y'all soon. Peace. Hello, how's it going? Welcome, welcome. All right, go ahead, Tulane. Yo, it's your boy Tulane Austin. How's it going, everybody? All right, and then we'll start in five seconds. Yo, what's good? And welcome back to the... <laughs> well, let's call it the Youth of the Nation podcast. No, welcome back to the Let's Youth Get Real podcast. podcast. <laughs> But today we That's are filming funny, in the daytime. We're filming during the sunny time. And of course, we have myself, we have Talyn, and we have Pastor, sorry, Apostle Dollar Sign Taylor Murray. Taylor, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> Apostle with a dollar sign. <laughs> yeah, get it right, dude. I'm I'm a post dollar sign toll. Hey. Taylor Murray. <laughs> Apostle dollar, dollar sign toll. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, so good to be here. How are we doing, guys? Dude, this is this is We're doing I good. think how are you, man? I think besides besides Talyn, Taylor is the only returning guest. Wow. That's the, this is the greatest honor of my life, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um greater than than, you know, parenting my kids, being married to <laughs> Noel. Greater than why do we have to get that? Like, why? Greater than serving Jesus is this podcast. <laughs> why do we have to get? Oh my goodness, dude! All right. Well, speaking of podcasts, Taylor Murray has a podcast of his own with Ed Holmes. I have two podcasts. Um, two. Be sure two to go and. Oh well, I'm only talking about one because it's the one that I like. Um, so go check out his podcast um, on Spotify and on iTunes. And, uh, and be sure to rate, review, yes. and subscribe. I don't even care if you listen; just rate and review it. Yeah. My goal is that that I get more people to think that it's good than actually believe it's good. Like, if no one listens to it, but a lot of people think that they that other people listen to it, then I'm winning. Let's go. Hey, What's he it has called, like two thousand. Earn the title. Earn the title, yes, sir. And it literally came when Ed and I were impromptu recording it. I was, is Jordan FaceTiming you? Yes, she is. Are you going to answer? Are you gonna... No, I'm not. Too big of a deal, huh? Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we were recording it. <laughs> we were recording it and we're like, we don't have a title for this. And then it just came out where we're like, let's earn a title. And then that became the title. So the earn the title podcast where we That's earn fire. the title every time. 
Yeah. That's fire. That's what I'm saying. I like that concept a lot. And I just listened to the last episode, and I think that uh, when you say that the kid couldn't defeat those robbers, I 100% agree with you. It's fake. We're talking about Home Alone, Nate. He, they talked about Christmas stuff, and uh, one of the, the, the plots for Home Alone he was frustrated with because not only once but twice and maybe even three or four times. I haven't seen the rest of them, but a kid defeats two robber men. That kid, in Home Alone 3, dead. which Hayden... 10 seconds. Huh? That kid's dead in 10 That's seconds. That's what I'm saying, right? It's over. If it was, like, legit, it, if they were really trying to go for what they were really going for, it'd be it'd be a wrap. Well, yeah, like, Home Alone 3, it's this kid, like, there there are there's this, like, international espionage group of, like, <laughs> trained professionals, and they can't, like, steal something out of a, you know out of the house without an eight year old defeating them all. Yeah. Like, come on. Come on guys. <laughs> yeah. Also, also you know, I, I saw home alone two in theaters when I was a kid and I thought it was by far the greatest movie of all time. And me and my friend Brad in, we would jump on his trampoline and imagine how many millions of dollars Macaulay Culkin was worth. Like yes. I remember that conversation. I had that conversation about Macaulay Culkin's, millionaire status and how cool he was i think on hundreds of occasions i mean <laughs> that was the subject i would bring up when i was with friends is how much money macaulay culkin made i thought he was the greatest thing ever he was he was because home was alone worth a lot worth a lot and and the funny <laughs> thing is in home alone 3 it's a different kid right yeah yes yeah. it's not macaulay and so culkin. so with macaulay culkin the first two he, you know, he's kind of a tough kid. I can kind of get it. But that third kid had no business even defeating any of those people. Like, I get the first one. They were kind of, you know, amateurs. But like you said, you had, like, espionage group, and this eight-year-old defeats them. Uh, it, it's now – I'm, now I'm all angry about that, okay? My problem is – and I talked about this in my podcast with Ed – is the idea that – in Christmas movies, and it happens almost across the board, is they're setting up their Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. I heard Whoa. that too, and I don't understand what. What do you mean by that? Like in, Christ I haven't seen a Christmas movie where they're setting up their Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. Name a Christmas movie where that's not what, where that's not what they do. That he's so, you're so right. Movies, a Christmas story. They're always setting them up on Christmas Eve because they got to condense all of this content into this one movie. Or one episode. And it's like, you're not, no, no one does that. You do that back in November. It's true. Wow. I agree. Like, at best, but I just, there I mean, are personally, things. I guess I never, I never like sat and watched them. Like, oh, it's Christmas Eve. But, and they're putting up their Christmas tree. It's just like, it's a Christmas movie. Oh, it's because you like movies that aren't based in reality. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is. This is. This I mean, here, you're here's not, the, you're not telling here's a other, lie when you say that. Here's here's the other thing I brought up. Here's the other thing I brought up. In in, in movies where they got a coffee from a coffee shop, they got an empty cup, and you can tell it's empty with how light they carry it. Yep, yep, it's like, yep. Put some water in that thing. No one's gonna it's, see it. It's for the sound, dude. It has nothing to do with the sound. Put, yes, it does. It has everything to do with the sound. There's a reason yep. why they don't put drinks. Put in a the rock cups. inside. Is there a microphone put, in it? Put some heavy foam inside. I don't care. It doesn't matter what it is. Because there does are other me. no. Because there are other times. If it was a clear drink, an ice drink, they would show it. 
it's just the hot coffee cups. They're walking around with an empty cup, and it's like, here you and go. Just, they're just like this, like waving. Them and around. then they go. It's like everyone in the world can tell that that's a fake drink. No, it's real, bro. The best like, part. The best part is when you know there's nothing in like their coffee mug, and they make the drinking sound. They're like, and you're like, come on now, like. This is what you're getting paid millions of dollars to do. That's the Hallmark movies, though. (laughs) At that point, though, those are the Hallmark movies, though. Like, we're not talking about like. See, here's my thing, though. I'm not mad at Hallmark movies. I'm not mad at Hallmark movies for having an unrealistic love story. I'm mad at Hallmark movies for having unrealistic things that are overcomable. Like they could have done better. They could have done better, and they didn't. They didn't. And I said, and this is the title. We should produce a Hallmark movie next year. Because I feel like we could. I'm just saying. Falling in love in Maple Valley. I Falling in love in Maple Valley. And Maple <laughs> Valley is a... Maple Valley is a good title for a, a movie like Maple great, Valley. Great title. Maple Valley Christmas Love or something like that. Even though, you know, Covington... Covington's not very cool. But Maple it's Valley... Right? Covington's one of the most boring <laughs> cities in the world. Yet, I spend most of my time there, so... Hey, we're on that. We're we're coming up, man. We're getting there. This is so funny because I remember last time we talked about Covington's on the come up. Where it's going somewhere, and again a year later, Covington's on the come up. We're going somewhere. Covington will be on the come up. We're going somewhere until Taylor gets out of Covington in Middle Valley. We will be dead and gone, and then suddenly. Something's gonna happen where skyscrapers. Uh, it'll become like a, a hot a spot. Hub, a they hub, they yes. are building some stuff. They are building some new stuff, and and they tore down the old Covington Elementary. So that's uh, that's some stuff that's gonna make traffic crazy. But let's not talk about Covington anymore, T. I don't care about traffic. I do. <laughs> I don't care. All right, how about, but here we go. How does traffic happen? Hmm. That's the question. Okay, there's because people, there's people who don't know how to merge, <laughs> and then there's people who don't let people in, and then there's people who break too much. So you get all three of those on the freeway, and it's like, it's a. Uh, I feel you. I feel you, and I understand. But still, that should cause what a little slowdown. No, how? Not, not when you have that many cars on the road at one time. <sighs> just... It's a ripple effect. It's the, it's it's. Here's what happens. If you've ever tried to zip up your pants and the zipper's at the bottom and somehow you try and link the top before you zip it up, it doesn't work. And the same goes with cars. They've actually said Washington Department of Transportation has said that the most effective way to, to minimize traffic is to be that guy when you're driving and go to the front where everyone else starts merging early. You go past them and you zip mm-hmm. you. Zipper in at the last minute. That is going to have the the least impact on traffic. But when people do it, it it goes back and back and it it multiplies over time. It's the worst. And trust me, I sit on 405, so I watch it every single day. There are some people who just should not have license. Well, you ever come home on I-90 and get onto 18? You know what I'm talking about? Well, I live in Federal Way, so that'd be a long way for me. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Have you ever done that? Where on on the exit to get onto 18... It's backed up like it's a backed up mile. like a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All you so, got to do is you bypass all of that and then be the jerk who merges in at the last second. That is actually helping the global traffic. I don't think so. 
it just makes the guy that you pull in front of angry. That's it. No, 100%. Oh, okay. It's science, I believe bro. Him. I it's believe science. Ask Jay Inslee. It's science. I bu- <laughs> That's okay. We're going to keep it pushing. We are going to keep yeah, yeah, it moving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not asking Jay Inslee nothing. So. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but... Uh, so we've talked about it. Obviously, we joked about him being apostle, but this is Pastor Taylor Murray. And the best thing I love about Taylor is uh, he's honest. He knows the weirdest facts and he's him. But when we recorded our first actual episode of the Let's Get Real podcast, we did Christian Celebrity. And, and so we really wanted to bring Taylor on to talk about two things. And so first off, Taylor, we just want to talk about when you heard that episode and maybe you didn't listen to it, or when you just hear that phrase, what do you think about? What connotations come to your head? What happens in your head when you hear that phrase? The Christian celebrity. I mean, so th- there's pictures and then there's ideas. And I think what, what comes to my mind sometimes. So I think there, are, let me backtrack. I think there are buzzwords that sometimes, can cause people to bypass honest conversation when talking about things like this that are very important and can actually be very toxic. And so, um, so you throw out this buzzword and it becomes the ultimate like Trump card, um, where, okay, well this, this just won the argument. So you can't really talk honestly about it and understand that there's nuance to the conversation. So, like, you know, one of the words within that would be like the prosperity gospel. And so if you have somebody who wants to refute the prosperity gospel, which in very many ways is it can have a toxic influence in some of the mindsets that it creates um, on Christians and on the church. And and frankly, even more uh, detrimentally um, toward the non-Christian outside of the church world Um but sometimes when we throw it down, we then we throw, to use the term, we throw the baby out with the back bathwater, mm-hmm. and we 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 cannot imagine a world where, like, if you think about it, and I know I keep bouncing around, um, any bad thing, call it Christian celebrity prosperity gospel, is actually a good thing that just got perverted or it's out of order. So it yeah. it, it it was the truth that got. Um, that people took it and ran with it and then they ran too far Hmm. or they got, they, they kind of dug their heels into that and made it more important than it was. We all come from environments where, you know, the gifts of the spirit and, and um, you know, just in kind of a pseudo charismatic environment, healing and, and all of that kind of stuff. Those are important things. I grew up in an environment and I'm not sure about you, Nate, um, where, um, those, those truths were discovered years ago or mm-hmm. rediscovered and, um, and they saw moves of God and all this kind of stuff. And God was really doing big things. And then they just held on to that. And, and then the good thing became a good thing that was taken out of order and then out of context and then stretched and then became an idol. Yep. And that is, I think at the core of, a lot of this discussion, excuse me, um, it's the idea that there are these good things that in and of themselves, they're not bad. A platform is not bad. Yeah. Someone having money is not bad. Someone preaching, whatever it is, um, in and of itself is not 
bad. It is the environment that can be created if it's not held, um, mm. held accountable or, you know, just pulled down to earth and, and, and done in the context of other factors, community and, uh, doctrine and wisdom and all mm. of that kind of stuff. So I, I think I, all that to say, I think a lot of people will use these buzzwords, throw it all out and then rage against it. And they miss the point. And then history repeats itself just on the other side of the fence. Mm. And we start, we see these Swing cycles the of imbalance or whatever it is repeating over time because we miss the point every time. Yeah. So mm. that's a, that's a large non-answer for you. No, I think, it, I think it does answer it because you're like, you're, yeah, you didn't like pressing on the word. I I love the way you 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 expanded that because that's how I think I get about it. Is I get these buzzwords and then I just get angry and I'm like, there's an issue with everything going on. And so, Talyn, what do you think about kind of what Taylor's talking about with this idea of we sometimes take a good thing and we run a little too far with it? I mean, I I spoke on it the first time we did the podcast on this one um, about how we can look at, you know, the negative stuff that they are being ridiculed for and looked at. And um, sometimes we miss the bigger picture and the bigger picture is these, these pastors are there to save as many people as possible. Um, and they're there to, you know, put the, the word into their church. It doesn't matter if they have 10,000 people in the crowd a hundred people in their crowd, 40 people in their crowd, right? Like they're, they're pastors for a reason. And so, um, sometimes we look at the, the, the status that they have or the, the clothes they're wearing, or, you know, that's my biggest thing is like the, the thing that they portray to be on stage. And, and we miss the entire message. We miss the point. We miss exactly what they're aiming for. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause Paul said in Philippians, he said, uh, it's true that people, some people do this out of envy or out of like competition yeah. and, and then others do it out of goodwill. So even that right there, he, what he's acknowledging is that you could have two people on similar platforms doing it for different motives. But what sometimes happens is we lump them all into one out mm -hmm. of desire to get rid of the ones who do it out of bad motives. So we put them all into that one camp and we say, it is impossible. And huh. when in reality, and then he goes on to say, it's like, whether, whether it's good motives or bad, I'm rejoicing that Christ is being preached. That's good. And, and that's, so that's a wild thing that I think Paul, Paul really got well in that. I think we have to. So how do you, how do you tell the person that doesn't look at what we're looking at? Right? Like doesn't look at the, the word being preached. How do you tell that person the opposite of what they're looking at. You know what I mean? Like, question. how do you get them to understand what is actually happening rather than just being like, nope, that pastor is in it for the wrong reason and has no idea the fruit of their spirit, right? Like, I think, how do you, how do you talk to that person about that? A lot of it, like to hop in is like, I think we, a lot of times we call good things evil and evil things good. But a lot of things we, a lot of time we call good things evil. And mm. so I, I love, I love, what Taylor's saying because we'll look at people on the same platform. Like I'm just going to just say what happened. I'm not going to call out names, but there was a place that gave out a bunch of stuff, like just a bunch of stuff. We've said his name before. I mean, they were just handing things out. 
And I look at that and that's good. Like Nate looks at that and goes, man, that's good. That's, that's the heart of God. But we, there's some people who look at that and say, well, that's evil. Like, look what they're showing their, their money. Where are they getting the funds from? People are like, how are they using people's money just to give stuff away? And I look at that and go, how could we call such a good thing evil? And so I think, and then uh, you said Trump card. I think another Trump card we use so often um, is we just say, well, that's not what the Bible says we're supposed to be like, mm. you know? And so it's like, the you know, the Bible says you can't wear a fear of God Nike. Actually, it doesn't. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. Bible says you have to do this and, and be like this. And so I think to hop in, I think is we, a lot of times we call e good things evil just because they seem evil or they look evil. It's not the way we want it to look. So it is evil. Yeah. Well, it, it, what's what I think it does come down to is like, and I would, I would go along with what Paul acknowledged is that, um, there are some who could have right and some who could have wrong motives. And like you could have someone who seems authentic and isn't, and you could have someone who might seem inauthentic and is. And at the end of the day, like I am responsible for what my motives are. And I can tell you honestly, in my 11 years of youth ministry, there have been ebbs and flows in my mind. Um, because of a multitude of factors from social media and just comparison and going to Bible college and watching what other people are doing and, and just kind of that the church world as a whole. And, and my, there've been times where I have to realize in a moment, my motive here is, is for me. And I am doing this in part because I hope that someone like in the back of my mind, I'm hoping someone sees this. Hmm. I'm hoping someone notices. And um, for me, I chose a long time ago and I, and I'll be, I will be very honest as honest as I can um, where um, my, yeah, it, it's, it's been a hard fight. It's a hard battle because um Motives, man, they, they, they creep in there and they, they cause you to, um, you could be doing the smallest thing and have the wrong motives and you could be doing the biggest thing with That's the right great. ones. And so I, I just decided years ago and I, and I strive to do this and I think I'm getting better and better and still working on it is I just, I just have to really check my stuff. And when, when I do, if there's something false in there. I won't do it. And so I don't, you're not going to see me. I'm not going to reshare. If someone shares a clip of me um, preaching or a quote or from a Wednesday night or story. And, and I don't think it's wrong when people do that. Like I, I have good friends who I know their hearts and motives and they do that. And, but I just chose for me because I knew when I did it, I was hoping to be seen. And mm. so for me, I gotcha. had to make the choice for myself um, to hold myself in check. I have another friend who does not struggle to the same level with the same stuff. So for him to do it, he doesn't think another thought about it. Um, and because he's not me and I'm not him. 
and that is i think the the challenge is that every human being is different and ultimately like i am not accountable for what mike todd or stephen furtick or judah or anybody else does i am accountable for what i do yeah that's and good if i'm not careful uh, the greatest i would say so you look at the prosperity gospel or christian celebrity that's a threat um to christianity but it's not it's a threat in multiple ways one in what it portrays and two how it distracts people who are afraid of it mm. and if i'm not careful i will actually out of my hate for it I will allow it to, the devil will have won by using that as a distraction from what I ought to be focusing on. Yep. So in both sides of it, it wins. Yeah. And that's the scary thing. You look at some of the other conversations happening today. It's a threat, not only because of what it perpetuates, mm -hmm. but because of uh, what it also causes in the people who resist it. And both are toxic. And so I have to look at it and say, what is God calling me to be and to do and i'm gonna do that yeah and that's in this in this whole conversation it doesn't matter what we say there is no right or wrong answer right like we're not going to convince someone to love christian celebrities and we're not going to convince someone to dislike them and that's not what our job is but like uh -uh. no matter what we talk about on the spectrum of this this title of christian celebrity it's it's gonna rub people the wrong way or it's going to make people feel as if like there needs to be more of it. And I honestly think there needs to be more of it. I think there needs to be more of a, a voice within a community of people who need to hear it. So Taylor, when you don't post your stuff, even though you're doing it out of the heart of like, all right, I'm doing this so I can be seen. You want to be seen though, right? Like you want to be seen. Like you want people to see that, don't you? Like you want that, like, you want to put yourself out there to make sure that people who haven't heard the gospel or aren't listening to the word or your friends that you may have on social media who follow you, who don't know that, you know, you're a pastor or whatever, like you want that to be the the subject that they're looking at because then you're changing hearts. And that's, that's the goal of it, right? Like when I go and I post yeah. on social media, if I'm posting things that are like, Ooh, that was edgy. I probably shouldn't have done that. I don't care that like the people who aren't Christian see it. But then when I post things like, yo, this is from the trust God, bro, Instagram. Like I want people to know that God loves them. I want everybody to see it because that's what the goal of it is. Right. Yeah. Am I making sure. sense? Did that question make yeah, sense? Totally. Like you, I'm not trying to challenge you in a way that's like post more, but I'm trying to make sure that like the, the want to be seen as a good thing because you want people to, walk away from something you said. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, I think you're totally right. And I think, I think there's balance to it. Right. Um, like you got to put yourself out there. You gotta, you gotta, sh even to, I mean, even taking the Jesus stuff out of it, like there, sometimes there's the false humility or the, um, you know, I don't want to be that guy. Mm. No, be that guy. Cause what you're doing matters. Mm -hmm. I, so I do think that there's, if you were to look at the church world, or if you were to look at, like, if you were to start a clothing brand or if you were to be running a coffee shop, it's like, you're not putting your stuff out there to be noticed, but you do want to be noticed hmm. because you really believe in what you're doing. Yes, and good, so, you know, some people, cause some people have, have reacted to this 
kind of environment and world. And it's like, well, I had the wrong motive. So I'm just, I'm going to bow out entirely. It's like, no, just change your motive. Hmm. Like it's the easiest thing to do. Once you recognize that your motive sucks, say, God, my motive sucks. That's 99% of the work. Cause God can work with someone who has bad motives, who knows it a lot easier than someone who has good, who doesn't have, who has bad motive motives and is tricking them into think tricking themselves into thinking my motives are pure or I am doing this right. And that's harder for God, I think to deal with than someone who Mm -hmm. says I am selfish and God, I don't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. God's like, all right, I can work with that. I can work with that. And I'll elevate somebody who's honest like that. And so I, I I do hear what you're saying. And I, and I think that's valuable. I just think it, it really comes down to motive. Like I did have, I shared something recently that I did. I don't do it often. Um, and I would probably ra- rather fall on that side of the fence, but I, I did share something. And then like I, I had a preaching clip from a Sunday a few weeks ago and, and I sent it to someone in, in our world who doesn't, um, who has, who's not near to God right now. And I, I messaged them it to them because I wanted them to hear it. And I believed in what I was saying. That's, and so, that's, right. Yeah, that's amazing. That, that so, was the whole point of the question was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I would probably not be a good example because I, I probably need to do it more. Like I need to put my – I'm not a – I don't lean into that as much. Like, you know, I'm going to post every time I preach and I'm, uh, I'm going to quote myself and – and um, <laughs> Sorry. I don't <laughs> – but <laughs> And I don't even want to – like now that I'm saying this, like you brought this on me. Thanks a lot, to I apologize. No, but I, it happened. I can't – I cannot so – <laughs> I cannot equate myself in this conversation because I'm a I'm a youth pastor at a church in in Covington where all we have is is Chick Fil A, and um, so <laughs> yeah we got Iron Grill dude Land you know, of the Iron Chicken. Grill yeah that's true um, and um, but yeah yeah anyway so I but I so I man I think it's really comes down to like am I honest before God about who I am what He's called me to do am I being obedient and I'm am I willing to acknowledge when my motives are muddying the waters a little bit and admit that. And I think if I'm constantly coming back to admitting that, then yeah. for me, I know I can continue to do what I'm called to do. So I see, and then I see guys like, I see guys like Mike Todd or and I love Mike Todd. I see guys like, um, Stephen Furtick and, and, and I love Judah. Judah has been a formative person in my life, even though I, yeah. I, I mean, just from afar and doing what he's doing for the last 20 years. And so, um, I see them and I, and I'm just like, I, I'm not carrying that cross. Um, I don't have the weight of like, I'm intimidated still. Like you guys aren't, you guys speak the language a little differently. Like when I see a basketball player or, you know, a, a solid athlete in high school, like I'm scared of them and mm. I can fool them for like maybe nine seconds. And that's about it. I cannot imagine the weight of being a spiritual advisor, a pastor, a leader of somebody who, who, um, whether it's a a celebrity or someone whose influence is broad, like carrying that. And I believe that I'm growing in that kind of Mm. thing. Like, like I I have, I have a small group of some dads and I'm like, you know, I'm the youngest guy there. Like, am I worthy to sit at this table with you guys? Mm. You know? Um, and so it, I think it's a cross that I, I have not carried and it, it's, it's a heavy one. Yeah. And so I think when, when, when we look from afar, it's like, I don't know what I would do. 
I don't, I don't know what I would do. Like we have a couple, we have one student who, who uh, went on a show and he made it to like the top three and he's pretty well known and he'll probably get big if, if the things fall right. And, and I text with him and I'm like, I shake when I text him, you know what I mean? Like, like that's, that's just the reality. So I'm yeah. maybe exaggerating. I don't shake when I text him, but it's like, man, that's, that's a big deal. I cannot imagine being the guy, right. Who is, yeah. who's carrying that weight. And I don't want to ask for a cross that I don't, that when I get it, I don't know if I'm ready to, to bear it. Cause that's a, yeah. that's a heavy one. That is a weighty one. And people will spit on you as you carry it. Uh, proverbially, like, you know yeah. what I mean? So, and, and that's, the tr- that's bro. That's good. I think <laughs> when you open that with the idea of like, so many times we can just talk to ourselves and be like, Oh, like what I'm, what I want to do is good. And what I want to do is, is great and holy. And, uh, is we, we are an echo chamber for ourselves, right? Like I can't tell you how many kids I've had been like, Hey, you should not date this person. And they're like, well, but God told me to. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. And, and it's because, I mean, so often we're an echo chamber for ourselves. And I think we got to also, also be honest with ourselves and God, but we also have to be honest with other people and bring people around us. Yeah. Because I mean, I know, I, I know for me, and I'm sure for you guys that you have people around you that are going to be like, that's not you. You know what I mean? Like, yep. they know you to to the core. And if you don't, whether you're listening to this, like, get those people around you because so often we can be in echo chamber negatively and positively. And that's a very toxic mix, mix because what happens is if we think too negative, then we think, oh, man, I don't have anything good to say. No one wants to hear me. Uh, God hasn't called me or anything like that. Um, yeah. And that pressure, like you said, of being the guy or the gal can can really stress us out or we can swing the other way and we can be, you know, man, I have great intentions. And but at the core of it is just a, a, a young person who wasn't seen and really wants to be seen as they grow older. Because like for me to be real, like when I was when I was preaching in high school, Sure, I was talking about Jesus, but I loved the fact that 20 people would show up and just listen to me talk. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is cool. And so growing up now, like being, you know, being where I'm at now, like I'm like, okay, that that no longer is a is a need or a want for me. But now it's like, do the people that are listening to me think what I'm saying is good? Yeah, you know what I'm saying, do do I have something that's like Taylor said, do I have something that can be quotable or do I have something that someone's going to say, man, did you hear what Nate said? And so I fight that and I have my dude, Jeremy, that I call and I'm like, bro, pray for me, man, because like I didn't preach this this well. or I didn't say this right or I didn't do this. And so, yeah, man, I think it's so often we can be an echo chamber to ourselves. And so we build kind of our own celebrity or our own villain and it can get messy really quick. Uh, Cause then we don't love ourselves. Well. Yeah. Well, and it's like when you live in that space, I mean, you know, it's, it's tragic what happens and, you know, we've all known people, Nate, I'm sure you have where personally, you know, the kinds of things that then when, when people fall like morally um, or, you know, that are in, in a massive influence and they, they're unfaithful to their wife or they misuse 
church money or whatever, it's like that, that didn't happen overnight. Um, that happened when you lived in this world where you started to believe that this was the normative experience. Um, I can't remember who said it, but one guy who had, he was a pastor for years and, and he achieved some level of fame and whatnot. And then he ended up having an affair and lost his ministry and all this kind of stuff. And, and years later he was talking about it. He said, everything went wrong when I stopped mowing my own lawn. And that was kind of uh, an, a small anecdote of the, the lawn wasn't about the lawn. It was what it represented is I left a reality that kept me rooted to uh, being an authentic person, being connected yeah. to other human beings who remind me that the world is bigger than my world and it's not all about me and I'm not the center of it. And then when you see these ones, you know, prominent one just a month ago, um, that I'm sure affected us all, you know, to some degree where it's like the, the, the things that have since come out, it's like, it is, it is proving what everyone knew to be true. What I wished wasn't, but was, is that the world he was living in was not real. Hmm. And, and the, the, when, when the world you live in is not real, um, you start to do things that, um, don't fit in the real world. Like my real world is I have a wife who's on the other side of that door and I have three kids and um, that that mean the world to me. And, and when I start living in a world where, um, what am I saying? When, when, when my world becomes not that or becomes so big where that falls down the priority list, then I start doing things in accordance with, with that. And so, um, you know, okay. to the point where, and that's where the, the Christian celebrity culture um, really does get toxic where you think that you deserve everything that you get and the plat and mm -hmm. it's, it is about the platform and it's about the image and it's about what people are going to think of you and it's what people are. And then when you realize and you want to get out of it, how do I get out of it? Yeah. Yes. Dude. I've, said that, I've said that where it was like, we, we look at the Christian celebrity, right. And we talked about him and, He's hanging out with the Drakes, the Quavos, the Justin Bieber's, the all the the rappers and and people of the world, and they're doing the worldly things, right? So they're showing up to the basketball games and wherever they're hanging out, talking about the things that they've done. And Carl, I don't mean to like, he doesn't have his head strong in that situation because he's kicking it with people who are of the world, right? And like he is getting swallowed into that like lifestyle that he has created, like you said, outside of the realm of his family and the church that he has created. And you become kind of like a product of your environment in a way. And so you start doing things outside of the, the realm of like, okay, this is not reality for me. Um, when I know I should be at home with my wife and kids, I'm hanging out with these people. I got to do what these people do. And I feel like that kind of like becomes like, right. We say like, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. If you're hanging out with those people, that's what your that's what your world is gonna end up being like. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, your world is gonna end up being yeah. in that circle because you're kicking it with these people constantly. Whether or not you're yeah. actually hanging out, you're hanging out with these people. You're listening to the content that they bring. You're you're influenced by what they're saying to you, and mm -hmm. yet you pick up a habit that they may have, and boom, you weren't strong enough, and now you are swallowed into this realm that's, of their reality. So, dude, that's that's a solid point right is like we 
Like, again, it's a lot of it's the echo chamber. A lot of it's kind of that stuff. But to Lenny, I think you hit on something so key. Like, once we, re- once, I'll, I'll just share a story. I, m- one of my dreams was always to be a pastor at Life Center. Always. Like, from when one I started. Dreams. Yeah, can't wait to have you, bro. Um, you talk about <laughs> um, But he, but the reason wasn't because I wanted to pastor people. Mm. At, at first now it's because you know i love tacoma and i love students but at first it was the culture that was that was that was previous was this was this cool culture was this kind of swat you know uh, you know it's taylor's words swat you know what i'm saying like kind of just Swagado show you know just kind of the show like braggado show braggado <laughs> show and i never really knew like i was like what's the issue here something doesn't feel right but I still like it looks cool. And now like it happened and I realized, oh snap, like it's not about those things that I thought it was about. Mm-hmm. Those aren't like you said, Taylor, those aren't normative experiences. That was uh, a subset of a culture that has been made toxic and there might there may have been good in it, but I think so much like I had to humble myself when I first when uh, they hired me because I had to go, oh, shoot. What was the reason I wanted it at first? And, oh, crap, now, now I'm here. I better clean it up or I'm, I could I could find myself going down that same path. Mm-hmm. And like you said, stop mowing the lawn, you know, stop praying for students. Yeah. Stop after after um after a group just, you know, set up, tear down and not speak to a student one time. Like, am I going to go that way or, or am I going to make sure I stick to who I am and Taylor, you touched on a word this real quick. You touched on this word authenticity. Yeah. And yeah. so I've, uh, I've told you to and I to talked about it last episode, a couple weeks ago, um, this idea of authenticity. And before we close, I really want to touch on that with you, bro, because if anyone were to meet you and maybe they can just hear it in this podcast or when they check out your or in the title podcast, you are you, you don't, you don't change. You don't. You, you're just you. I remember the first yeah. time I met you. I didn't even know Taylor for, I don't know, <laughs> five minutes. And he shakes my hand by putting his pointer finger, like, in between our hands and, like, tickling me. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was that like. Sounds so, like, when you articulated that way, bro, yeah. like, I need to never do that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, but listening, like, what a creep! What a weirdo! And and I'll add to that, bro. Like, I've and I said this last week. I think Taylor Murray is the most consistent person I've met. Like, it doesn't matter what stage he's on, where he's at. Like, he's like, like we we went to the one conference or what was it then? uh, Unleash Generation Unleash or whatever. Conference, yeah, DU conference down in Portland. And Taylor Murray talked about this message that I heard him preach here at Undivided. And he's talking about his daughter when he first had Hayden pooping. And it's like, bro, Taylor Murray is the same consistent guy that he is back every home time that he is in front of 10,000 people at under, or, you know, <laughs> UG or whatever, GU or whatever. Like, and like, then we, then we hear him talk about him skating and being a, a goofball on skates at, at your conference. And like, it's like Taylor Murray is 100% him no matter where he's at, no matter who he's with. And I think that that's the best thing a pastor and person who is a leader can be. 
Uh, and that's why I mentioned that. And so, yeah, keep Nate, going. Go keep ahead, going. Nate, go ahead and ask. Yeah, ahead so, and ask yeah, question, so we're bro. just going to keep talking about Taylor. So, Taylor, I love your hair. No, but, but your, dude, uh, your swag is off the chain. But that leads me to this point because I, I, I brought this up earlier and I love what you said about polarization. But for so many of us, like, we want to be like someone. And that's okay. I think that's totally like we we have people we look up to that we want to like we admire some of their but you I'm sure you have people you admire but you are Taylor Murray. And so my question would be is how do you encourage the young leader or the young person or maybe the old leader and the old person like how do you encourage them like why is honesty and authenticity so important maybe just to you um, and then we can, and then you can just kind of go into like, why is it, why should it be important for not just a pastor, but for any leader, a business leader, a person who's leading their football team? Like, why is that important? Well, I mean, I, I don't even like, I don't know how I would say it because at the end of the day, like the, there are two people who really know you and that's you and God. And so, um, like so and even then like for us we even put a show on for god and for ourselves and we can fool ourselves even mm. into thinking that we are one way when we know who we are um and you know when you say authenticity or another word that would kind of go adjacent to that is character and you know you've heard it yeah. said character is who you are when no one's watching and i would disagree with that i would say character or authenticity it's who you are everywhere whether mm -hmm. someone is or isn't watching mm -hmm. and you know because i i can know some people who when they are by themselves they are doing things inconsistent with who they know themselves to be welcome to humanity and so it's not who you are when no one's watching it's who you are and and so i think man i think it's I think it's allowing Jesus to shape your identity. Man, what a great cliche answer, but real. Um, where you you daily come back to allowing him to form and shape you. Um, and, you know, we, we, we've talked about this, and I quoted it the other week. Um, and I borrowed the quote from someone else who quoted uh, Bono, who said, um, joy is an act of defiance, right? And in the same vein, I would say there are certain things that in today's culture, if we were to bring it back to the celebrity culture stuff and bring it back to some of the issues that we see in the church and Christianity and in the world and in our society, um, there are um, what we what we tend to do is we tend to go with what where everything is going and. I would say like the, the greatest act of defiance you could do or the greatest act of resistance is when you do the same old things that Jesus followers have been doing since Jesus came onto the scene. Hmm. And when you keep doing those things, Jesus, God was smart when he gave us these few tools to enable us to live life and life more abundantly. Wow. So like actually read the Bible, actually pray, hmm. live your life, worshiping God, do it with other people and then serve 
live your life to serve others. Jesus came to give his life as a ransom for many, not to be served, but to serve and give his life. And so it's like, when we look at it that way, when we go simple, 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 like how do I be authentically me when nobody's looking or if anyone is, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to worship. I'm going to live my life worshiping him. I'm going to come back to the presence of God. I'm going to remember what he did for me. I'm going to serve others with an attitude of servanthood, just like Jesus did. And I'm going to do this with other people. And in, you know, one of the most refining things, and this is my challenge with, with church today and, or sorry, not with church, but a lot of people who are leaving church and discovering. And and I think there's some good things that are happening, but a lot of people are running from it. And, and there's, there's some things that the church needs to reckon with. But my, my challenge with that is that people are leaving the thing that God designed to create pain for you. Hmm. And so Jesus didn't give us the church so that, um, so that it could meet our needs. Jesus actually gave us the church so that it could actually scale off and scrape off some of the things that he needed to get off of us. And so um, one of the best things that you can do is stay consistent when nobody else is, because when you do that, it forces you to continually reckon with who you are. Yeah. And I'm better today because there are people in my world and that there's an environment around me that keeps me from being like what you were saying, Nate, being in an echo chamber. There are areas where I am in an echo chamber. But the things that, that keep me from doing that is when I'm around old guys and, and mm. people who are different than me and people who dress and act and talk different than me and kids and, and students and, and friends and neighbors. And um, when, I, when I come back to that, it forces me to not be too much of myself in the wrong way. And it begins to refine me into who God's created me to be because that's what he created us for. So um, I think, um, yeah, man, I, I just think, I think coming back to those things that, that, that Jesus gave us to do a really long time ago and he never changed his mind on it. That's so great. why did we, why do we keep trying to get too creative with it? And I'm all for, I, I listen to other messages. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I think that's wise. And I think learning and all that kind of stuff, but man, if I'm reading my Bible, I'm spending time with God, I'm remembering what he did for me, and I'm serving the people in my sphere of influence, and I'm allowing other people to speak into my world, man, I'm going to be all right. I'm going yeah. to be 100% Great. all right. And that, that right there is opposite of where everybody else is going. And, um, and I, I would... I would venture to say too. you look at the culture issues and I know we didn't bring it into this and we don't have another hour to talk about this, but like the, those things getting solved is on the other end of people doing things that may not directly influence that, but will shape human beings into being the kind of people who can sustain the change that God wants to bring to the earth. And so if we're trying to get superficial change to happen and we are not letting God by his divine power, shape us from the inside out into the kind of character who, what God says in Second Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the earth, seeking those he can show himself strong on behalf of. If God is looking to show himself strong, then the question is not, what do I need to see done? But who do I need to be to be able to hold the pressure that God is about to put on to me so that he can use me? So there it is. Woo! <laughs>
Hey, you might have to change that apostle to pass the dollar sign Taylor Murray because sheesh, man. Oh, it's there it is. It's what I love about that, and uh, till then you can hop in. Um, the simplicity, like yeah, you gave a long answer, but the simplicity. Get back think, to the basics. Go ahead. I think bro. I think the huge I think the huge thing that Taylor said about that to wrap all of it up and like one or two sentences is find out who you are with your relationship with God and be consistent in that no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. Um, find out who you are, your relationship with God, and be consistent in that no matter where you go. Yeah, well, it's been said. I'll say this last thing. I, I can't remember if it was A.W. Tozer or it was um, Eugene Peterson. Um, refers to it as long obedience in the same direction. And the thing that I admire about certain people um, is they went, what I love seeing and what I would hope to exemplify is, is not that I did something great or that I tapped into something at the right, whatever. It's that I'm doing the same things and I'm not saying I shouldn't evolve or expand or, you know, you know, get creative and strategic. I, I think there's a place for that, but Man, I admire the people who just have that long obedience in the yeah. same direction mm-hmm. and right. continue to do the right thing. And to quote Elsa, the next right thing, um, Frozen 2. Um, so <laughs> Still haven't seen a Frozen yet. No, they're good movies, bro. They're good movies. So long obedience in the same direction. That's what I think it is, man. It's the end. No, okay. Um, but... <laughs> Man, Taylor, bro, thank you so much for blessing us through that. The sun's like straight in my eye. But thank you so much for blessing us with that word, bro. Thank you for always being you. And uh, these are my brothers from Covington, uh, Maple Valley, <laughs> the Fed, whatever, you know, that side. Well, what I, do you, live, what? I live in the Fed, but this is not my hometown. So don't, don't, even, <laughs> don't even mention the Fed. Hey, South- I'm just like South Southeast King County, man. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't my spot. I, I'm connected this to Auburn, <laughs> this Auburn me, and Kent. I'll, I'm connected. I grew up in Kent, connected to Auburn, Black Diamond, Covington, Maple Valley, Enumclaw. I'll take all of them. Okay. South King County. Boom. Boom goes to Dynamite. Boom goes boom Dynamite. Hey, shout boom out to my boys from South King County. I'm going to start throwing up gang signs. But um, guys, What's thank key? you. That's, hey, check out the Earn the Title podcast. That's the third yes. name drop today. Check out, out to Ed Holmes. <laughs> we got Ed Holmes on here next. Check Remember out. the key. Remember the key is not that you listen; it's just that you rate, review, and share. Yes, That's yes. go listen to the podcast because you're going to get some good stuff out of it. So, <laughs> yes, Let's, don't yes. listen to Taylor. Rate, rate, skip over all of Taylor's parts. Just listen to Ed. Um, I should tell some good stuff too. <laughs> but. We love you guys, and that is the Let's Get Real podcast. We'll catch y'all next week. Happy New Year. Peace. Peace.